Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. Today, uh, I'm sitting down with Robin King, our minister here at the Bachelor United Church, Pinocchio United Church. If you've joined us before, you know how this works. Uh, once a week, we do an episode where I sit down with either Robin or a guest on the show, and we have a, a cup of coffee and a casual, unscripted, unplanned conversation around some topic or idea that relates to faith and the way that we live our lives, the way that we share our love and joy and our values with the world around us and with our community. And a lot of those discussions and conversations and messages tie into uh, Robin's message each week, uh, either here in Basha or at the Pinocchio United Church. So. This year, like since Christmas, we've had a few episodes since we got started again uh, in early January. We've had a couple guests on the show that have been really, really fun to do. Uh, Some excellent episodes. If you haven't checked those out, definitely go back and listen to them. And today, Robin's back in the studio with me. Thanks for coming back, Robin. I feel like like it's been a while since we've done this, just the two of us. Uh, It uh, it has been, I guess, a few weeks. Um, but you know there've been some really good uh, those have been really good uh, uh, podcasts in the meantime too so it's great yeah it's been fun yeah so today I think what we're gonna start by talking about is uh, the t- the topic of conflict is sort of the the lead-in point but you had some thoughts and ideas of how the uh, the New Testament stories that have been discussed in church over the last couple Sundays and this Sunday coming up kind of have a common string running through them of a couple things. Conflict and the idea of the tension that lies inherently in uh, that space of uh, finding a way to resolve different viewpoints with other people where you just don't see eye to eye, or you need to share a truth that is uncomfortable to share, to share, or um, there's something that needs to be spoken or, or needs to be said, and you know it's going to be difficult. There's some stories from the Bible that, that relate to those ideas. And then you also mentioned um, this other one of, of Jesus calling his disciples, and they're out on the water, they're fishing, and they're not catching any fish, and he, he encourages them to go out a little deeper. And that's something that we're always striving to do is, as faith communities, I think one of our purposes of of existing in the first place is that we're striving to find a deeper meaning. We're striving to live life and build relationships that are deeper, yet we're not always great at doing that. So what are your thoughts on how some of that can sort of tie together into these stories that that you've been putting some thought into lately well just as you were saying all that ben um i was thinking uh well first of all uh, when you started talking about the, the new testament i was going to say like we don't really call it that anymore we, we use different language around that and then you started to say something i was saying well actually you know it's it's funny that that's not no and and i'm that, i was trying to think of all of the ways that i could completely disagree with you so we could have some conflict we could resolve it mm-hmm. and there, thereby demonstrate the whole uh, but but in fact that's thing one of of any of this is uh, we we have learned to listen only in the context of how we respond. We don't listen to find out anymore. We we listen so that just even as you're talking, I'm thinking what my next thing's going to be that I'm going to say in response to what you just said. 
Hmm. I haven't really taken it in. I haven't stopped to listen. The, the whole thing about listening is so important. And, and not just listening so you hear somebody else's story, but you hear what's in the story. And, and that's, see, that to me is just like, this week we got this story, and, and it's in three of the four. This, it's the same story in three of the four uh, Gospels. It's Jesus calls the first disciples, and they're fishermen, right? And I will make you fish for people, right? That's the, the, the thing that we get out of that. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, follow me, and I'll make you fish for people. And so it's a story about call, right? Except um, Luke tells it uh, a, a certain way that to me says... It's not just a story about a about call. It's a story about where we're going, um, and and that is that, that Jesus uh, Jesus is by the lake. Um, he's preaching to people. He's talking about stuff. Um, there's a big crowd. He sees two boats pulled up on the shore for, with fishermen, and um, he asks them to to go out just a little ways. And he stands in the boats and he preaches to people on the shore. Right. So yeah. he makes basically a, well, Eugene Peterson in the message says he makes the boat a pulpit. Right. right. So, um, and he does his, so he does his thing. And then, uh, he says to the fishermen, um, go and catch some fish. And they're like, we already been out. We didn't catch hardly anything. Um, and you know, you think Jesus would stop there because he's not a fisherman. They are, they know what they're doing, but instead he says, um, go out again. This time go to where the, the deep water, go where the water's deep and cast your nets. And they do. And they're full of fish. Right. And in fact, uh, it says that Simon's so amazed at all of this, he can hardly stand it. And he tells Jesus, go away because I'm a sinner. And and Jesus goes, no, no, no. Um, follow me and we'll, you're going to fish for people now. Mm-hmm. And see, I think that's Luke's way of saying, you know, we're all so amazed that the disciples dropped everything and went and followed Jesus because, you know, that's the power of Jesus. But I, I think they already knew where they were going. They were going to that the the same kind of life, but they were going deeper. That's the point of the deep water. But these are fairly simple people in terms of like they. Right. So, so don't you think a simple had, metaphor would would be the best thing of all? For sure. But they had no idea what was in store. Is my point. No, but they. they I, I think. I think the point is that. I'm going to give you something deeper and more profound than uh, by fishing for people than, you know, just throwing a net in the lake and grabbing a fish kind of thing. Right. Right. Um, and, and there's so many ways. The thing is, there's so many ways that that fishing metaphor goes wrong. Right. Hook, line and sinker. Right. <laughs> right. What do you do with fish when you catch them? Well, you eat them um, or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, and there's so many things that ways in which that metaphor could go bad. Um, the point is, that Jesus isn't luring the uh, the the those first guys in to be to be basically you know puppets going, or yeah we're not going to go and like basically catch people tie them up and you know it, it's a way of connecting with what they do it's their life and they're still going to be doing that they're still going to be doing what they do best he could have he could have the first disciples didn't well fishermen's a you know first century thing right um they could have been like okay so jesus goes happens to be going by an arena and he goes in and he gets a bunch of hockey players and says look we're going to go and play uh, you know the uh, hockey for life kind of thing right yeah um and and you know there's so many different ways in which you could have told that story with different ide- different metaphors but essentially, the point is, they're still going to be doing what they know and what they're best at, but they're going to be doing it deeper and in a different way, right? And 
I think that's a really important thing to always remember is that the point is uh, of life isn't just to skim on the surface, right? It's to go deeper. And this is a story that in, in Luke, that story follows pretty darn quick after the story of Jesus going to preach in his hometown. And he reads the, the scripture that day in the synagogue, and it's the spirit of the Lord is upon me and, and has appointed me to you know, release the captives and feed, feed the hungry and, mm-hmm. and, and all of that. And then Jesus says, this is, today this is fulfilled in your hearing. Um, you know, th- it's me. Basically. And this is after he's and, been baptized yep, by yeah, and he's been out in the wilderness, and this yeah. is you know he hasn't got disciples, hasn't got the followers. Um, he's got followers, but he hasn't got. This is the thing about Luke. When Luke says disciples, he means anybody who is a follower of Jesus. When he says apostles, he means the twelve. The twelve, right? So he hasn't got the twelve yet. But so he preaches in his hometown, and at first the people in his hometown go, "Ooh, wow! This is this is like Joseph's son from down the street. This is a local boy. He's really good. He's really good." And then Jesus says some things they don't want to hear. He questions whether or not the work of God is being done, basically, by the community, and they get mad, and they threaten to them run like they're going to run him out of town. They're going to throw him off a cliff by the side of the town, kind of thing. And then it says. Uh, that that story ends with um, Jesus simply walked through the crowd and walked away, hmm. and then he does a couple of things, and then here's the story of the fishermen and going to the deep water. And see, I I, I think sometimes when we take these, we hear little pieces of the story, the whole and, story and on a Sunday morning, and we hear between. so so the way we heard that was one Sunday we heard the story of. And, and again, this is something I'm sure one could really get into an argument about. But one Sunday, we heard the story of Jesus preaching in his hometown that ends with, today this is fulfilled in your hearing. And then we hear the next Sunday, we hear the next piece. And then the next Sunday, we hear this story about the calling of the disciples. And, you know, sure, okay, um, you know, of course, we should all be attending church every Sunday morning so we can hear the whole story. But we're not. Um, but if we put these pieces together, to me, what it says is, first of all, uh, it's important to go deep. Secondly, uh, conflict is not just, it's, it's necessary. It's mm-hmm. not to be avoided. It's necessary. In fact, I think Jesus quite clearly makes a point that, uh, you need to say what needs to be said. Yeah. You need to express yourself. The fact that the people in his hometown react the way they do, um, the lesson there isn't, that's how you should react. The lesson there is, mm, even then, even when people react that way, you simply keep doing what you're doing and you go on your way. Right? You just can't control what the reaction is going right. to be anyway. You can't, make, you can't make people respond the way you want them to. It would be nice if, you know, if, if we could all say what we think and, and say what we mean. Um, and have the reaction to that always be, hey, you're absolutely right. I agree with you. Let's do that. Except if that were the case, who whose one thing is going to be controlling everything because we're all different? Not only that, but I don't know that that would be great. I don't think it would be a very interesting world to live in. If- well, and see, I think, I think with all due respect to people who hate it when I bring this up, that's the Garden of Eden. Yeah. And see, I think, I think that, again, going back to that Genesis story, that in the beginning, you know, I think there was perfection, and I think God got kind of bored with the perfection and encouraged uh, Adam and Eve to find their way into not being perfect so that things would be more interesting. And the result of that is that they go out and live in the world 
um, from their own perspective. Mm-hmm. And as there gets to be more and more of us, um, we have more and more perspectives. We and have diversity. Live with, and it, so living with the consequences of free will and the messiness of being human is what makes uh, being a human or human being uh, interesting and nuanced and complex. Yeah, and yeah. It, I agree. Uh, uh, yes. I, um, and here, see, here's, here's one of the reasons why it's so important to remember that I think why conflict is is necessary, but it's always important to remember um, to be uh, to 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 employ all of the things that Jesus teaches us right uh, in 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 engaging in that conflict: um, kindness, um, thoughtfulness, respectfulness, justice, equity. All of those things need to be part of our conversation. Which, by the way, and I think I can say this in a particularly universal way these days that ain't happening anywhere right it doesn't matter whether it's politics or just conversation over coffee people are less and less inclined um, to engage in a conversation where they disagree um, with with mutual respect and admiration of the other person's opinion we're more inclined to be defensive go on the attack make sure that we win right it's about winning yeah. Right? Oh, I just sounded like Charlie Sheen just there. Um, <laughs> but but that that's what it become. That's what it's about now. Yeah. And and that isn't at all what it needs to be about. It also depends on whether you actually want to engage in meaningful dialogue. Words that we don't hear often enough. Whether you're interested in engaging in meaningful dialogue or whether you're intending to defeat an opponent. Right. Yeah. Um, if it's about if it's about power with right, which is what Jesus is all about. Yeah. That's one thing. If it's about power over, that's a different thing entirely. Um, that involves somebody has to win. I think a lot of online conversation right now is exactly what you said earlier about um, a conversation where you're just waiting for your turn to yeah to respond, not a genuine uh, desire to understand. Yeah. And so people come to their online conversations already with all of their arguments organized and all their references and links to different studies that fit their viewpoint and support their case. But you could easily, just as easily, cherry pick articles and studies that support uh, sorry, the opposite I'm viewpoint. I'm sorry, I don't mean to rudely interrupt this meaningful dialogue, but are you, are you, I'm sorry, are you talking about people who talk about the Bible now? Well, because that totally was see that that is totally what people it, that is what's happening. People cherry pick things that they, they they line up stuff. They they find scripture passages that back up their viewpoint, and then they y- use the Bible as a means to establish their viewpoint. And it's supposed to work the other way around. Exactly. I, I actually yeah. wasn't even thinking of the Bible in that case. I was thinking of anything from your, your anti-vax versus I, I, pro-vaccination and, I, and, and that's what I debate. thought you were, but it just, it just yeah. so suits. It's so similar. You're, you're right that it's, it's, it's actually even a, it's a universal thing, right? Yeah. It, it suits almost every situation that people, people do that. Um, and, and you know what? Um, I, I'm not going to argue with somebody who's sort of established an opinion um, and then, uh, they've 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 got information and research or whatever to back it up. Be, although, surely you should have the research and opinion and everything, or, or research and 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 documentation and information before you establish your opinion. Um, but I, I, you know, that's that's one thing. But but of of all of those things, something like uh, um, faith in the Bible 
isn't supposed to work that way at all. It's, it's supposed to inform your and, faith, yeah, not the other way around. Um, it, it, the the point of the point of all of those stories and and talking about how what's in the Bible, whether the story's real or not, whether it's factual or not, there's a fundamental truth there. That, and you can say that about many myths, right? And mm-hmm. and uh, you know even great writers, um, you know, tell stories that that establish a, a fundamental truth, whether the story is real or not. Um, we're supposed to learn from that. We're not supposed to be using them to back up what we've already decided. Agreed. Right? Um, and unfortunately, we have, we have moved like full on into this mode of um, deciding how we think it ought to be and then using whatever we can find to back it up. Do you think that as our, as our civilization, as human civilization has um, advanced over the last you know, couple hundred years, or several hundred years, that our culture and our and our um, our civilization has has kind of had these multiple points of divergence where we are so um, we are so segregated into these opposing viewpoints on so many different issues and 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 beliefs. Whereas, you know, maybe a thousand years ago or or so there was more of a common base of we all kind of cert- take certain things to be true and everyone sort of agreed on those things. I don't know, maybe not. I mean, there's lots of stories from the Bible, that's 2,000 years ago, where there was uh, opposition, where there was disagreement, where there was f- war and conflict and, and battles over um, it, yeah. people not seeing the world the well, same yeah. way. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt that the world is a way more complicated place now than it was, you know, 2,000 years ago it just strikes me as how can it be that uh that you can take two people who are extremely intelligent well-informed human beings and they can be so so polarized on on an issue and see it from such such different places that there's no way they're ever going to agree you know whether it's whether we should be eating meat or whether we should be vegan, whether we should, you know, pro or mm-hmm. against uh, abortion, um, gender rights, uh, yeah. all, and po- just politics, period. But e- even the manner in which those things are um, either encouraged or enforced, depending on which side of the view you're on, right? Um, yeah, uh, sure. But it's so here's the thing though. It would, that's, that's see that where, where I would, and, and I'm just, I'm just interpreting you ahead, but, um, where I would go with what you were just saying, um, it, it, where one could go with what you were just saying, uh, is, um, how could anything like, uh, the Bible or faith or any faith tradition for that matter, um, be of any use, uh, unless it's like right in this moment right now. Um, because it's, you know, the world's a much more complicated place. Let's just ditch that simple stuff from 2000 years ago or, or 4,000 years ago or whatever the tradition is. Um, let's just ditch that stuff. Um, because it's not relevant today and, um, let, you know, move on because it's a much more complicated world. And the thing is that it's only a complicated I think it's only a complicated world in the sense of um, the things that we have decided are important versus the things that probably are really important, right? Like mm-hmm. we've decided, we've decided, um, and, and here's here's, here's a, a, and one of those sort of quirky, it goes both ways things, um, is we've decided 
um, diversity is important. Um, or, or, or at the very least, that we're a very diverse society. So what do you do with that? So do you go, um, it is therefore important that we be respectful of the diversity of it, like that other people are different. Right, okay. Um, I will be respectful of that. Just don't tell me anything about it. I just don't want anything to do with it. Or are you going to go, okay, I'd like to be respectful of the diversity around me by engaging it more fully and learning more. And understanding it. And understanding it more. In other words, I'm willing to be vulnerable and not protect my own identity enough to find out about the other identities around me. Or are you going to, never a good metaphor these days, but build a wall around you so yeah. that you cannot be touched by that diversity. And You'll respect it's yeah, there. Tolerate that it exists. And, and see, oh, you even just used the magic word. Because Jesus never, ever said tolerate. Ever. He said, accept people for who they are. He didn't say tolerate them. He said, accept people for who they are. Love them for who they are. Let people be who they are. In fact, Jesus would probably, I, I can't imagine Jesus would say anything other than encourage people to be more of who they actually are, who they truthfully in their hearts are. Because Jesus would know in your heart is love, right? Our default setting is love. Mm -hmm. And if we could actually be that simple, as to understand that we are, it, it's the love that connects us. It's where we're created in love. We are love. And if we just like could think that simply and then squeeze it into all of the complexity, um, how different would that be? People would start having discussions about the most complex and diverse, diverse, um, complex and diverse matters and ideas and thoughts and everything. But their starting base, their base would be love. They'd have dialogue. They'd have discussion. They wouldn't necessarily, they might even have conflict, but that conflict would be managed in the context of, uh, of love. Imagine how much deeper we could go with things if so, that's how we did it. So if we could, let's, let's continue that thread. How does it play out on a, let's use as an example, two people having a, a discussion about their spiritual beliefs or just two family members disagreeing about uh, having any, whatever the, the source of the conflict is. When you, when you remember that the basis of your connection to that person is in love, and even if you don't see things the same way or agree on that, the thing that has caused the conflict, you can navigate through the conflict. You can lean into the, the tension that is there and, and create something positive out of that tension that you couldn't have even had if it wasn't for mm -hmm. the conflict. So it, it's a productive thing rather than simply just a negative force. How, how do we navigate that without being triggered, without being set off, without wanting to put up that that wall or shield ourselves or it really i think it comes down to a willingness to be vulnerable and to remember that it's uh that it needs to be approached with love and that it's we just take things so personally i think don't you think yes yes we do because we're afraid to be hurt we're afraid to take well we're afraid to take the chance of being hurt we're afraid to take the chance that we were wrong um, we were afraid to, we're actually, I think we're actually afraid to learn more because it will change our opinion or our view of things. Which right? means that we were wrong. And we're, we're inherently, uh, um, I, I, you know, I, I just, I think, I think we are, um, 
we we are so scared of uh of, of the the endlessness of the possibilities that are around us right um like because we like we get comfortable with stuff and we're good with that like i'm happy about that i'm comfortable with it i don't need any more thank you i'm done mm-hmm. and so we stop and um and then we we sit on that and that's where we stay right well, we've, uh, we've created our own re- little island. Religion we, we, is, you know, whatever is brutal for that because yeah, religion, absolutely. in many cases, uh, offers what what people perceive that it's offering is we have the answers, so you don't have to question anymore. You don't have to wonder because but, but here's it how about, it all works. It isn't about it isn't about having the answers. It's about the, the going deeper, right? It's about discovering more. It's about the the journey. Well, that's it's the about irony. Is all that of that. Um, it should yes, be about all that. Absolutely. But and here's the thing: is, religion as again, it's, this, like it's complex, right? Because yeah. there are very definitely there are very there, there's there's very definitely um, people have determined this is what I believe and whatever you believe is wrong, um, because it's not what I believe, so you must be wrong. But there are also people who. Uh, I believe that I understand that you believe something different, but I also understand that whatever I, both of us or others believe, if we're creating good, if it's about love, if we're, if it's about, um, making, uh, making, uh, caring for people, making life better. If, if it's all, if that's what it is, then it's good. Right. Mm-hmm. If if even if even if you don't believe the same thing as me, if we're still loving people and caring for people, you can believe what you want. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and 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 the, there's a point, obviously, where you ha- kind of have to go. Mm, that is hurting people. And that's the point at which you have to be like Jesus and stand up and say mm, that is actually, first of all, that's hurting people. Secondly, if you are claiming to believe this. How can you allow it to hurt people? Right. Right. Um, and, and that's the thing where uh, it's not just a question of, of uh, it, it, that's where it becomes not just a question of, of culture or gender or any of the, the things that we now name. Right. It's also a question of simply you're not me. Right. So there's no possible way that I can fully know what it is to experience life as you. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. I'm good with my own. You can just whatever. I don't care. Um, and, and that's too bad because it's the engagement, right? In fact, you're, you're actually breaking the fundamental piece, right? We're all connected. We are. We're all, that's the thing about love, right? It's the, the whatever, when you call it God or the power in the universe or whatever, the energy of life, all that kind of thing, we're, we're connected by life. Um, and, and that's, that's like, that's the root of everything. And we need engagement for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's the idea that, um, we are who we are in the context of the community in which we engage, live and engage. Right. Um, that's, uh, is that Ubuntu? Uh, I am who I am in relation to you. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, uh, that's, that's like a fundamental piece of who we are. I, or I think is it, um, I remember the interpretation uh, or the translation, sorry, as I am because we are mm. or something like that. That's it. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. Um, and, and, uh, that's, that's, that's what we're about as human beings. Right. Um, and then you factor into that the whole business about we're created in love and we are love uh, and all of that. And you'd think that should be so incredibly awesome. 
But then we also have free will, and we also have a sense of uh, power, right? Um, and invariably, that's power over rather than power with. Um, but we have a sense of power, and and you know that's that's one of those things where um, it, it's it's always strikes me as so ironic. Team sports always strike me as so ironic. You work together with your team in order to defeat the other team, <laughs> right? Yeah. And yet, so is it you know, cooperation then, or is so, it so which competition? Is it? It, yeah. yeah, I think Our, we've talked about that before. Yeah. This cooperation versus co- competitiveness. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, and and not that there shouldn't be both elements. Don't get me wrong; there should be both elements. But when it becomes a question of uh, win at all costs, that's a different thing, right? Um, yeah. You know, I'm always impressed with uh, I'm always impressed with moments uh, when when you know a team uh, you know wins some big thing, and the first thing one of them says is we did it as a team, and then the other team goes, yeah, they were better than us today, mm-hmm. right? acknowledging who the, you know, so-and-so won and, and, and not because we sucked, but because today they were better. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm not going to be better next time, but and, today, and they even were better. in those role, those opposing roles of the, their adversaries, There's an admiration, their, right? there is, right. Their, their adversaries, their opponents, their enemies on the field, yep. whatever you want to call it, but they're also cooperating or agreeing to a common set of, this is this yeah. is how we're going to play this game. We're doing the same thing. Yeah. We're, we're going to play it by the rules. Yeah. We're agreeing to be here in, in yeah. mutual respect of, of the game and of the referee and of the other team. Yeah. And so that even though you're competing, you're still cooperating. And We're still all working together. together to create the moment, which is uh, this event that people are watching, right? That we're all, we're still all working together to yeah. make it happen. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, that, that's... <laughs> we're so we're so bad at that in life we are because we uh, like back to this point again of of how personally we take everything i think about just the conflict that i experience in my life whether it's you know you're sitting having a conversation with your spouse or a family member and all of a sudden somebody says something and it just it tweaks a nerve and you feel that, you know, you've got your guard up all of a sudden. Because mm-hmm. even with people that you trust and you know they love you and you know that they're not out to hurt you, we all have these soft places where right. we're vulnerable, where we're, we're easily triggered. And it's, it's deep psyche stuff. Like back to mm-hmm. your, your reference of, you know, going deeper. A lot of this stuff is so deep in our subconscious or in our psyche or from our childhoods and it's cliche, but you know, it often is like daddy issues, mommy issues, what stuff from our childhood where, you know, mom, dad did something, had no intention of it having a certain effect on you. Boom. For the rest of your life, you've got this story in your head that you're not good enough or that you're going to disappoint people or that you got to, you got to fix everything around you or make people happy or we, we, and then we all overcompensate and we, we use the strengths that we have and our, the personality, the gifts that we have, to to constantly prove our worth, to prove that we are good enough, we are enough. And then in those intimate relationships, those marriages, those uh, sibling and parent, child-parent relationships that matter the most to us, we have the most at stake. Those are the people that could hurt us the most because they're, they're the ones who matter to us the most. Mm-hmm. And so when when conflict does happen, it's the scariest with those people that we love the most because, ooh, you know, if... Joe Blow on the street's going to say something to me that's offensive. Who cares? If your wife, husband, brother, sister, 
whatever, someone you really care about hurts you, that's like devastating. So the stakes are the highest with the people that we mm -hmm. are the closest to. Mm -hmm. And so it, this, this, uh, this lifelong quest of learning how to master your own trigger response or to learn how to um, understand your own, uh, your own triggers and the things that you are carrying from past hurts or from childhood traumas or from whatever it might be, like that takes real work. So what, yes, it does. what hope do we have of, of navigating conflict lovingly and peacefully if we haven't done the hard work of going to the deep waters in our own past, mm -hmm. our own lives? For sure. You, Fortunately, Ben, uh, we're in the hope business. <laughs> um, and, and, but see, that's the thing is that, uh, and you know what, I, I'm, I, I'm going to put this in the context of, you know, Jesus and God and like the faith tradition I know, yeah. but I, I also want to be absolutely clear that I think this exists in all faith traditions that do good. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I, I, I mean, I can't, you know, speak for the, the snake people or, you know, that kind of stuff, but cause that's just, there's, there's sure there's French elements that are a little crazy and that kind of thing. But, but any, any, any faith tradition, not just Jesus, not just Christianity, not just Judaism, not just, you know, um, you know, none of us, uh, Muslims, Buddhists, anybody, none of us have cornered the market on this. Um, right. this, this exists in, in across all of those. Um, we, we are in the hope business. We are in, we are in the, uh, uh, we, we are in the life of, uh, sharing a story about, in our case, about, but Jesus who says, first of all, don't be afraid. Of course it's scary, but don't be afraid. Um, and say, don't be afraid to go there. Secondly, do it with love. And and this is the thing is that we, you know, you we, invariably when we say this kind of thing, we do, okay, well, the context is, you know, obviously you're scared to bring this up. Well, don't be afraid. But we have, you have to remember that we're saying that to the people who are listening too. Don't be afraid to engage what's happening here. Don't be afraid to help this person. Don't be afraid to understand, to find out more. Um, that's the point of having the engagement. Yeah. You just said something. This other person totally freaked out on you. Okay, so what are you going to do? Back away, fight them, or are you going to say, I'm not understanding what just happened there. Let's talk about that. Well, unfortunately, we, it's, it's very human to, uh, to have the response of, that went poorly. Never again will I right. allow myself to be vulnerable. And, and yes, why? Because A, it, it's hard work. B, it takes way longer. It mm -hmm. takes way longer to have a dialogue with somebody than it does to say, you're wrong, I'm right, I'm having my way. Mm -hmm. Because, right? you know, meaningful, true dialogue that, that yields something new, so that something new can come out of that conversation for, for both In sides. In the long run, that is so much wor worth so it, much more. It, re it is, but it requires a willingness to listen from a space of nothingness. To, to listen from, instead of, I already know what uh, you're going to say. I'd say, nothing I already, I'd say openness. Well, when I, I just but mean, when I say you listening mean pre, from nothing. Pre-considered opinion. And, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Listening from nothing is just, I, I am all ears, and right. I'm not going to project that, oh, well, I already know what Robin's going to say, because he's this type of person, say, or he's... And there's a big, that's one of the big hurdles, too, right, is the language that we use, mm -hmm. right? Um, or uh, another hurdle is is thinking we already know what the person's going to say. Mm -hmm. So we 
we actually construct our argument in a manner that reflects that, right? Um, or we wait for the other person to talk and then we respond rather than acknowledge what we heard. You're so right that they are our language as a tool for expressing what we are thinking or feeling emotionally. Um, it's such a crude tool. So it's, it's, it's such an advanced tool when you compare human beings to any other mammal. Like, wow, we have language. That's, that's the, one of the things that sets us apart. We have, the, we have the, the power of language and communication. Sure, other animals communicate. I mean, it, that, that alone is incredible. You listen to a bird's song and it's like, that's, that's incredible that other birds know what that means somehow. But we have language on another level that is so advanced in comparison and yet it is so, so full of pitfalls and, and so many uh, ways that we can misinterpret mm -hmm. or misunderstand each other. Because it's all interpretive, yeah. It is all interpretive. Imagine if we could like telepathically communicate or just somehow know. Well, Kelly and I have this sometimes where we just, uh, yesterday we were uh, working together, which we don't get to do too often, but when we do, it's really fun. And we know each other so well that there were times when we would just look at each other and we would kind of know, like, oh, okay, I know what she's about to do, or she would know what I'm trying to do without even having to communicate it verbally. And so when you're, when you're around someone a, a lot, you start to pick up on the nonverbal cues, or you're, you're able to more accurately predict their behavior or their opinions or their likes or dislikes or what they're going to need. But language is so risky when... And I mean, I was talking about Twitter earlier, especially when you're try when you're communicating through a text or through a tweet that's 140 or 280 characters or a Facebook post. Good luck! Like you're you're throwing words against the wall, and hopefully people are going to read that and and be correct in their assumption of what you intended or what you meant. But when the English language is just so easy to mess up. Well, and, and, and so it requires on so many so many levels, so including the like printed text versus verbal, right? Yeah. What do you mean by that? By the by your tone of voice, I think you, you and you had me there. By the way, you had me there with the. So I was going to say, say so you, you had me with the uh, like. Uh, clearly, you and Kelly have a deep enough relationship that right. Yeah. Um, and and lots of people do have, and 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 that relationship can be uh, be um, partners or friends or what, whatever the relationship is. It can be deep enough on certain levels that you you. You're much more intuitive, right? I, I would have stopped you before you said the part about how you can predict what she's going to do. Um, because, no, you can't. No. And you should let it happen. <laughs> you're, you're still guessing. Right? I, I know. And, and that's the thing is that even then, even when the relationship is that deep, there's still a possibility that that's going to go wrong, right? Yeah. Um, and, 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 again, that's both a thing that causes people to be a little bit afraid but it also causes people a little bit to go, nope, I'm going to make it be that. They, they force it to be with, so that they can right. control the moment, right? Because they're afraid that they can't. And, and again, I just kind of go, don't do that. <laughs> let it, just let it, let it happen. And yes, it's hard. Yes, we're going to struggle with it. And it's like the language, whether it's written or spoken, right? That's a, that's an issue. That's a thing. Like people read into um, what somebody puts on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it reads into it their um, 
their their emotion or their 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 mental state or their feelings and everything, right? But in fact, you can't because there isn't anything there, right? They haven't said it out loud. You have no verbal. You have no physical cues. You have not none of that. It, it yes, it's incredibly complicated and it's full of all sorts of pitfalls and everything it absolutely is think of all the times we read stuff from the bible and and you know what it, it, that's one of the things that's always bugged me it, it, the best way to read scripture in church on a sunday morning is to read it in a particularly authoritative but basically flat voice right bulls no it's not <laughs> Who says that? Well, think of how many times you have been in church where whoever it is, and it could be a clergy person as much as anybody else, who reads from the Bible like this in a, you know, kind of like, right. a, you know, that religious monotone. But is that taught? Like, did you learn but, to no, someone we, tell No, I you think we do it because cool? we're trying not to put any emotion into it. We're trying really hard not to make it sound like, you know, Jesus was particularly emotional at this moment or so-and-so was particularly emotional. And the only, the only time, I got to say, the only time I've ever experienced an exception to that up until, you know, the last 10 years or so, like growing up as a kid, the only time you ever experienced an exception to that Oddly enough, is when you're reading the passion story, and there's that part about where the the crowd gets to yell "crucify him," mm. and they make the congregation say it. Oh, really? And then you're supposed to be all emotional about it and right. yell it, right? And I think so. The only time we're supposed to be emotional about this is when we're yelling out to kill him. Really? Why can't we be emotional about that moment where Mary sees him for the first time on Easter morning? Yeah. Like, why would you read that as it is the Lord, right? Like, why would you, why would you do that? It, it changes it dramatically. Yes, it does. And that's just, and, and I realize that that's, yes, it's interpretive. Yes, exactly. It's interpretive. And, and again, though, everyone's entitled that might interpret that differently yeah. and it creates that great complexity and everything. Yes, of course it does. But if you're open to that, and open to experiencing someone uh, something different. If you're open to uh, accepting a different idea and hearing at least hearing it out. If you're if you're um, and and this is I, I said when we first started out. I said over the last few weeks, this has been the gospel story we've been hearing right from Luke. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's been paired up by the way with um, passages from uh, Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, including the famous. Um, First Corinthians thirteen, which is all about love, and it's the one time where, like, like Jesus is great about all that business about love one another the way I showed you. Look, I showed you how to care. I showed you how to do this. I showed you how to do that. I showed you. Paul goes, love is this. Love is love is action. Love is being kind. Love is being the uh, patient. Love isn't about being rude. It's about being thoughtful and considerate. It's not about being right. It's yeah. not about being right. It's not, it's not envious of others. It celebrates what others with others, right? And, and he says, this is what it is. It's an action. It's about action, and it's this kind of action. That's what it is. How, how, would, how would discussions uh, change? Uh, think of how dramatically they change if they were approached with patience, kindness, uh, understanding, respect for the other's viewpoint without the, I've already decided I'm right. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, I think it would be so much less scary to step into, to wade into 
what you know is going to be conflict. But if you're less scared, you'll express your opinion more fully. I don't want that. I want you to be afraid of me. <laughs> so I'm going to beat you down so that I can control this dialogue and make sure I get my way. It's kind of what's happening in the world right now. Yeah, it is. A lot. In, in, in almost every level. Mm-hmm. Um, and and here, here we are. Um, we. Um, and by we, I mean... Um, the we who are either part of um, of uh, Christianity or or um, uh, um, like uh, uh, Judaism, Buddhists, Muslims, all of those people who say no, this can be different, and the way it can be different is um, that we approach things with love and respect. And by the way, this is what love means. And when we say respect, we mean this. We mean understanding and openness. We mean allowing others to have their opinion and wanting them, inviting them, in fact, to share it so that we are, as a community, making a decision that's best for all of yeah. us. Um, I would only add to that's that. That's still there. It is. And I would only add that, you know, you said those of us, and you give several examples of different faith traditions. Those really arrogant of me to say for, us, by the way. Well, there I, are those who. I should have left it at that. Yeah, right? but I, I just would add that. I know a lot of people who are completely agnostic or they're atheist and they... 100%, yes, so absolutely. They're, they're, um, but they have an equal and, and parallel commitment to just living a life that's based in those, those same principles and truths. It just isn't based on a particular faith tradition no, slash you're, story I agree 100%. or text. Not, and I'm not trying to argue that with that either. Yeah, but when I, I, I say, I, don't you think, though, they have, they have a faith of, in a way? That they, their faith they do. Is, I, right? Yeah, they may not yeah. use that word, but and I know that you see it that way. I just want to make it clear for listeners that because I know that your view is not that this is a, a unique thing for just people who have a specific yeah. And so, uh, by the way, label. for those people, for those people who belong to the various faith traditions, who think it is, um, you might want to think about that some more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it needs to be reevaluated. Yeah. Um, we have so much to learn from each other, I think is one big conclusion to draw from this whole conversation and this whole topic. Uh, and, and that's important to, to take away from this. We have so much to learn. We have really hard work to do as individuals on, on our own, um, you know, our emotional mm-hmm. learning and, and growth and, and mental development. But, it, but that work is best done by engaging with other people. The people around us can see our blind spots so much easier than we ever would see our own. That's why they're called blind spots. And, and you know, in engaging in those difficult conversations, whether it's about our own internal uh, struggles or thing or baggage or whatever you want to call it, stuff that we need to work on, or whether it's just about the way we see the world or political issues or, anything that we might disagree on that could cause conflict we we need to we need to engage with people we do we do cool well make it so (laughs) let's let's continue trying that's part of what these podcasts are about and uh i don't know what we've got in store for next week so i can't give a, a plug for the next episode but this uh this show is just about conversations that will it'll be fascinating I, and worth engaging is what it'll be then I, I think so i think they have been and people have been starting to engage and we're getting uh, more people listening to the show every week so if you're listening and you enjoyed this please 
share it with your friends leave us a rating on itunes wherever you're listening to podcasts if you've got ideas for topics for us to discuss robin and i or for other people that might be uh interesting to have on the show as guests that would be great to hear from people as well and uh robin thank you for for coming on today thanks for the coffee ben you're welcome always okay thanks for listening everybody and we'll hope to catch you next time